Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to another edition of the Ball on Blast podcast, which soon might be changed to the Raptors Ball on Blast podcast because the Raptors again, Webby, big, big things. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm here as always with my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, are you caught up in Raptors fever or what? It seems like we've been gone a little while, but... That's because I guess we recorded on Wednesday last week. Man, I am just in basketball heaven right now watching pro and college games just about two a night. It's been great. Yeah, I mean, as we just started recording, the end of the Loyola Chicago game just ended. Sister Jean! What did I tell y'all? I got to start right here and just give you some props, Webby, because you did tell me and our listening audience about Sister Jean and the run that Loyola Chicago would have. Now, did you predict this? I don't know. But no, you put it I, out there on the I, radar. You put I it on the radar two, to a lot of people. I had him winning two. I had him winning two games and then losing in the third round. But uh, with my bracket being busted the way it is, hey, I'm just now rooting for Loyola, Loyola Chicago to make it to the Final Four. You, Barack Obama, and I think who Kanye West probably, he'll be rooting for a Chicago squad. And you say Shy City. Shy City. And of course, Sister Jean, right? Oh, of course. What, Listen, what it's all run. about Sister Jean. All about Sister Jean when we're talking about the NCAA. But as we shift gears to the NBA, the night after such a crazy, crazy game, there's only one place we can start, right, Webby? The Cavs and Raptors. It's the two teams that we seem to be talking about week in and week out here. Right? They just appeared to be on a crazy collision course, and they met. In Cleveland on Wednesday night, and the game did not disappoint. The Raptors were up. First off, they put up, what, 79 points in the first half. Were up 15 at half. And then, yeah, LeBron just went LeBron. I don't know, Webby. So many places we can go with this game. But I just want to ask you, first off, like, what was your biggest takeaway from last night's game? The, the 17 assists, zero turnovers. Just something that I've never seen, I don't think anybody's seen before in the NBA. That was an incredible performance by LeBron James. And, you know, listen, the Raptors are having another historic season. They're going to be the number one seed heading into the playoffs. They should be the favorite to make the finals. But as we saw in this game, the road to the championship is going to go through LeBron James in one way or another. That was the thing, right, about this game. And to me, right, the biggest question heading in was, did it matter, right? And I think that there's there's two sides to this. Because I think it mattered for sure for Cleveland because Cleveland, they've been losing a lot of games, but they haven't really had their full team. But I think on some level, they don't have their coach. Yeah, they've had a crazy season, right? But I mean, at this point where they stand right now, like Jose Calderon is starting games in March, for a team of championship <laughs> aspirations. That's right. right? Like, it's a lot. That in is 2018. Crazy. In the year 2018, right? And I just think where the Cavs are right now, they needed that win just for the morale, just to let them themselves know, you know, like, oh, yeah, we can do this. You know, like just that little extra boost of confidence. Now, the Raptors, on the other hand, I think that was a bigger question because – To me, it was all about whatever the mentality was inside the room. Because I think if the mentality inside the room was, oh, we're confident, we're good, we're we're really looking for bigger things this year, and bigger things meaning 
the conference finals and the NBA finals, I don't get why they didn't sit people on the second night of a back-to-back. Well, because it's the Cavs. This isn't playing the Mavericks or somebody. This is playing the King and his Legion, right? And we've been talking about, you know, the Raptors and team identity. This is an identity uh, game. You know, you beat LeBron like that, and and if they had scored another 79 points in the second half and had blown out the Cavs, people would say that this matters. But I think what you're getting is a lot of Raptors fans saying, oh, it's just a regular season game, whatever, they still got to play four games at our place in a seven-game series, yada, yada, yada. But you can't suck and blow. This is yeah. a this is a statement game one way or another, and I'm not trying to say that I now think that LeBron – and the Cavs would be favored in a series against the Raptors, or even, you know, they'd have a great shot, of course, but they wouldn't be favored in a series against the Raptors, right? The Raptors would be obvious favorites, but this is still a big deal because this shows that you have to close, you know? Definitely. I think, too, the it's all about narratives, right? And I think people listen a lot, and the narratives become, what is the outside noise seeping into the rooms? And Cleveland... Obviously, they they watch ESPN. We know LeBron watches ESPN like every day, right? We know this. And we know that they've been starting to hear all this talk about the Raptors and the Raptors being for real and it's a different team and all this stuff as Austin Matthews just scored because Austin Matthews is the truth. Sorry. <laughs> of course. Put in. it out there. <laughs> but the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? I think like they started to hear that noise about the Raptors are they're legit. They're for real this year. They're a real threat to make it to the NBA Finals. I think the Cavs were hearing that, and to them, this game definitely mattered. And you knew that you were going to get the A game from the Cavs, but more so, you had the Cavs at least wondering, right? And I don't know if you needed, if you're the Raptors, if you needed to answer those questions or any questions for the Cavs at this point. I think you might have been better off, and of course I'm playing the hindsight game, but I'm just saying if you're the Raptors and you're really that confident that you have bigger fish to fry come playoff time, hey, and and you think you think resting Kyle is a priority, which I don't think you should be for the record, but once you've already established that, hey, we rested DeMar the first night, we, rest, we rested Kyle last Friday against the Mavs, once you yeah, already established the that, Mavs, though. it's like... No, 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 no. If the Raptors did that, I would see it as a, a cowardly move. I agree. I don't think you should be resting anybody, though. Right? I think the the minutes the, and the way that they've been distributed the whole season, Webby, I don't think that anybody should be needing rest at this point. I was right. stunned is, when I saw that last week. This right? is I, why... Well, you, you had a bit of injuries, too, though, right? And guys coming back off of injuries. I understood the DeMar one, but I, I didn't understand the... Uh, the clamoring to sit anybody against the Cavs. Do you know what? My, my thing is, I just don't think that the Raptors, the Raptors only had a chance to lose morale heading into this game. They had nothing to gain. I think that even if they beat the Cavs, it still would have been like, oh, well, yeah, of course we beat the Cavs. Instead, this just looks like a disappointment because you lost to the Cavs and the Cavs are missing two starters. Right. Right? Like, I, I don't know. That's just me. But mind you, if we, if we really talk about what's going on with the Toronto Raptors, and, and if you've been following us for the whole season, I've said, I will not believe that the Raptors will beat the Cavs in the playoffs until I see it. Yeah. I just can't go that far and say that the Raptors are making the NBA Finals. And last night, it just went to prove the point. I know everyone thinks it's just, you know, 
it's easy to say, oh, well, they have LeBron. But after watching last night's game, man, it's tough to argue, no? <laughs> I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. You know what? It really helps that he got Kevin Love back. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I, I mean, especially against the Raptors, the way that they're set up, having mm-hmm. a guy like that, a big guy that stretches you out and can consistently hit that shot that LeBron sets you up for wherever he is, whether he's in the corner, at the top of the key, or on the wing. But as long as he can hit, make, take and make those three-pointers, I mean, that's a really tough team to beat. I don't care who's coming off the bench, who's in the starting unit, anything like that, man. And the thing, too, that got to me about, you know, last night's game and just the narratives that people are trying to put out there in terms of, oh, well, George Hill won't have another game like that. Calderon won't have another game like that. And it's like, I know George Hill went 10 for 11, which is completely ridiculous, and I understand that. But how many wide-open shots was LeBron getting these guys? And I think that part's not going to stop. And the part that kind of gets overlooked is, hey, Kevin Love is is splashing mad trays. But LeBron, some of those drives and kicks, the no look, like just side angle pass, you know, that he's putting on a string, like so fast, perfectly put in the shooting pocket. When LeBron is doing that, and all these guys, you're you're NBA players, you just have to knock down open shots. I'm not going to be that quick to to just, you know, put that aside and be like, well, I don't know if those Cavs guys can do that. Because if you take Jose Calderon off the court and it's Kyle Korver, Kyle Korver's hitting those open shots, no? 100%. Not only that, but then you also have Rodney Hood, too. Exactly. Exactly. Right? I don't know. The the Raptors, too. Raptors fans, this is why we've been saying it's a marathon, right? So to, to ride the wave every single day, that's a tough thing to do, to, to have your championship aspirations changing on a daily basis. It's weird. And you hear things from people today talking about how, oh, well, the Raptors just ran out of gas. And it's like, you know, to use the same analogy as you said, sucking and blowing at the same time, right? Like you rested Fred and DeMar the night before, right? That's you it. were up, you scored 79 points in the first half. I don't really think you can use the back to back as an excuse. That's just me. That's just my opinion. But come on. You know what it reminded me of, to be honest? It was like watching the last three games of the Cavs Warriors series that the Cavs won. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was like it was like these shots that we've been so accustomed to the Raptors being able to knock down just weren't falling. And it's like once that momentum started from Cleveland, it was tough to stop. Right, and then once that those once those shots don't drop, then you get a little tight. And and it was you know it's funny you know where was the where was the ISO ball from Demar and Kyle. That was the troubling part to me, too. Down the stretch, K. Webby, correct me if I'm wrong, but down the stretch, the Raptors had a lineup out there of Pirtle, Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, and then Kyle and DeMar, right? And I'll say Fred Van Fleet was creating everything. He was driving and kicking. He was diming off Siakam and Pirtle, getting them layups. He was doing it all. Like He was... He was going back and forth with whatever LeBron was doing for a nice little like two-minute run in crunch time. The whole time, I was like, where's Kyle? Yeah. Who was was so hot in the first half, too. Yo, Kyle was lit to start that game. He was splashing threes like crazy. No hesitation. And then all of a sudden, fourth quarter, I... (sighs) 
It just made me nervous, man. It made me nervous. I can't lie, Webb. You know what? Maybe they're trying some things out. I thought that, like you say, uh, Van Fleet was uh, was unbelievable. And did you see even LeBron had to dap him up? At the yes, line, I saw he that. had to stop him and be like, "No, no, no, come back here, young man. Shake my hand." Yeah, I no, mean, was... Van Van Vliet's just been on another level, and like, I was a little worried that maybe they weren't going to push him as hard as they might want to because of the wrist. But I don't know; the wrist looked fine to me last night. Yeah, he he looked amazing last night. He was hitting threes again. He was getting into the paint whenever he wanted to, and you know, hey, maybe we'll give Kyle the benefit of the doubt you know, before we just pile on him like it's the playoffs and he's disappointing us already. Right? Oh. Maybe we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and maybe he's just trying to see, just like Casey's trying to see, okay, well, let, let's see what Fred and, and Pascal do in this situation. Let's let them kind of, you know, control the tempo and dominate the ball here and see what they do. Maybe that's a thing because really we keep saying it too and maybe Kyle and DeMar know this deep down, right? Yes, they're going to have to lead the way. But on another level, you need to know who your third guy is, who your fourth guy is. You need to know who your dudes are that you're going to be able to take with you in the trenches when it's game five, when it's game three against Cleveland. You know what I mean? Maybe Absolutely. that's a thing, too. That was That's a positive that you got out of last night. Right, right. And like I say, it's just kind of like fine-tuning yourself before before it starts. You know, what can we use? What can we not? You know, you've built yourself into this position now, heading down the stretch run, where, you know, it doesn't look like anybody's going to catch you for the number one seed. Why not, in a big test like this, in a big game like this against LeBron and the Cavs, see what you can do, you know? You don't have to put everything... This isn't a must-win game for you, you know, but it is a good test for some young guys to say, okay, here's what it's kind of going to be like in the playoffs. We can't totally replicate this, but this is what it might feel like. Definitely, and that's one thing you really got to know because all this talk about the bench, the bench, the bench, and maybe going 10 deep, to me that's not realistic because as we talked about last week, from that Zach Lowe column, right? You got to adjust quickly. And I think if you use last night's game as an example, quickly you realize, okay, you weren't getting much from Norm. Norm, you got to take a seat. Yeah. Okay, Serge, we weren't getting much from you. You got to take a seat, right? Even uh, OG. OG was okay early, but then they weren't getting much from him. But maybe on the flip side, it was apparent you were getting a lot more from Fred, from DeLon, and uh, Siakam especially. And then you got to run with those guys, right? You see, I can, well, listen, I, I, this is going to sound a little, uh, uh, you know, hypocritical seeing how LeBron put up 35 and 17 and no turnovers, but I thought that Siakam played pretty good defense. He did. He really did. I mean, sometimes what's Mark Jackson's line, you know, uh, sometimes the only thing that beats good defense is better offense, something yeah. like that. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, Siakam... No one's going to stop LeBron James, right? Your only hope is that you make him work hard to get his buckets. He's going to get his, but as long as you make him work hard for it, that's all you can ask for, right? And I think Siakam did do the best job. And my question is just, I don't get Surge. Like, Surge is struggling lately against the good teams because we'll talk about OKC game in a a second. But Siakam was playing so nice. And then all of a sudden, I want to say it was like the two-minute mark. Casey subbed out Siakam and Perto for JV and Serge. And I just kind of like, yeah, I, 
that just seemed weird to me. I don't know. Serge Ibaka just doesn't seem to have it. And he, he came right in, and then he fouled LeBron on a three-point attempt. Right? LeBron was shooting three free throws. Then right after, he bricked a wide-open three. It was just like, yeah, Serge, Serge got to take a seat, man. I don't know. This is going to end bad, I think. I know I, it's really interesting. Like, like we just talked about, you have this time, you have this chance to really try some things out for down the in this stretch run. You know what? What would you look like if you did start Siakam? What yeah. would you look like if you don't bring uh, uh, Ibaka in to close out the game? You know, just. But hey. I, I'm kind of moving to your side. I was originally like, listen, Casey's got a plan. He's obviously likes the way that the rotation is, but man, Serge has been not, not phenomenal. We'll put it like that. And the thing too, uh, we talk about what games matter, what games don't. And the way that I look at the regular season, and I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, but I look more so for what happens against the good teams, right? So I'm going to rate a whole lot more what you do against Cleveland or what you do against OKC more so than what you do against Orlando, right? And so going back to Serge and the OKC game was a struggle for him. My guy hit his first two shots, Webby, and then missed 11 straight. Yeah, it was not good. How does that even happen? Like, I, I don't even understand how that's a thing. Like, you would, we've all played basketball on some level, right? And obviously nowhere near the heights of Serge Ibaka. But once you miss like three shots in a row, don't you kind of just pass the ball the next couple times, right? Come on, Shelly. Come on, Shelly. What do shooters do? <laughs> shooters shoot, man. Shooters Fair shoot. Fair enough. But is Serge a shooter? That's my question. Right? <laughs> well, he likes How to think that he is. Mind. Yeah, um, over the last, like, two years, year and a half, I guess he is now a shooter. It's like all that time he was playing with KD and Russ. He's like, oh, man, all those times I didn't get to shoot. <laughs> yeah, right. I've been here the whole time ready to just tickle the twine. Making up for lost time. But, you know, as we shift focus, though, from the Cleveland game to the OKC game, I'm linking these two things together just because, again, it's against high power teams, top tier teams in the NBA that obviously the Raptors are among, but. I don't really like the sign that they've lost two really close games, like really tense games. Hot, you know, I, I hate using the term of playoff atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? But as you inch closer, you know teams are starting to ramp up as they get into that sort of championship chase mentality, right? And Russ comes in. And they had Whoa. no answer for Russell Westbrook down the stretch. Meanwhile, on the flip side, Kyle fouled out, DeMar got tossed, Ibaka got tossed, Casey undeservedly, but he also got tossed. Like, it was just two meltdowns against big-time teams in a row, right? It, it, it's tough because it's like, yeah, you, you want to see them win close games against playoff-caliber teams, top teams in the league. You want to see them close out those games. But the thing that you can't hold against the Raptors is they ran into two individual performances that were about as good as I've seen this season. You're totally right. Man. I mean, yeah. Russ was a monster in that game, and yeah. LeBron was 17 assists, no turnovers. <laughs> You're right. Russ put up 37, 14, and 13. That's <laughs> nuts. 
that doesn't even seem like a real stat line. <laughs> How is that possible? Oh, man. And the thing, too, was down the stretch. And I think the, the biggest key here, right, and the, the underlying narrative to me during this whole entire Raptor season, right, is we always talked about how do you beat LeBron or how do you win an NBA championship without a LeBron-type talent, right? Because when you go through the list of NBA champions, they have a league MVP on their team. Right? right. Or someone who had won an MVP at some point in their career on their team. Right. If you go back through history and look at all the teams that have won an NBA title, I think you're you're only missing the Detroit Pistons. Right. right. Yeah. The, the Detroit Pistons. Pistons team. Uh, but, but I mean, even on those late Spurs teams, you had Tim Duncan. Tim who Duncan, won. Yeah. Tim Duncan was a beast. And even though Tim Duncan wasn't the same MVP in that last uh, championship, the Spurs won. The greater point here is that if you don't have that MVP caliber player, then it's a team thing. And I think that is the biggest underlying narrative here for the Raptors, right? As much as we talk about Kyle and DeMar all-stars, as in the wise words of your man's Meek Mill, there's levels to this shit, right? Yeah. And we've seen the difference between the Russ, the the LeBron tier, to what the Kyle and DeMar tier is. And and I know that sounds like a knock, but we're talking about levels of greatness. So it's really not a knock. It just shows that you really do need to have a full team to take on those guys, right? Yeah, and the Raptors think that they have this full team. They do. They do, but it still comes down to what do you do in crunch time, right? Yeah. Who gets the ball? Yeah, when the going gets tough, what happens? Yeah. When you need a bucket, when you need a play, who is coming up with that play, right? It's that line from, uh, what was that great 30 for 30? I know which one, right? Um, the one that had it was the it was Reggie Miller versus the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winning yeah. time, yeah. And Ahmad Ahmad Rashad, I think it was, had like this long soliloquy, and it was just really good. It just ended. He's like, you know, they're stars and they're superstars, and the NBA is filled with great players. But the thing that separates the most sets separates them the most at the top is what do you do in winning time, right? That's and, it. That's what worries me right now when I'm watching the Raptors because the other stat here, Webby, that I need to bring up, and I'm going to ask you if this worries you, okay? Follow me here. Hit me. The Toronto Raptors this season in games decided by three points or less are five and seven this year. Oh. Does that worry I'm, you? Uh, well, a little bit. A little bit. And I know this is like sacrilegious to say. But the more and more this season plays out, the more and more this Raptors team is reminding me of the Atlanta Hawks from a couple Ooh. of years ago. Ooh, it's, it's right? interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when things are going well for a team like that, they look like world beaters. They look like every shot's going in, everybody can take them, nobody's going to slow them down. But it's not about what you do when you're going well, it's about how you can respond when things aren't going your way. For sure. And that five and seven record. Now I'd like to know that the uh, the winning percentages of the teams of the five teams that they've beat and the seven teams that they've lost to. I'd like to know that. But listen, Basketball Reference. We'll look sure. that up later. No, I have to no, look that up. No I, facts. No off fact the top checking. of my head, I would know that two of the games they lost by three. I'm pretty sure they lost two games by three to Golden State. Right. I'm pretty sure two of the wins by three. Might be against Houston. 
The first game against Houston, I'm not sure what the score was. Second one was definitely against Houston. Second one was definitely Houston for sure. Uh, but the other thing too, just to show you the tale, the real story of the Raptors season in games that are decided by 10 points, it's 29 and three. So the Raptors wins this year have been coming by blowout, like convincing victories, which is great, which is fine. But blowouts in the playoffs don't really happen that, you know what I mean? Like, no, they it's don't not happen really often. a thing, right? Like you're going to play a lot more closer games. And again, the pace is going to be a lot slower and you're going to have to have the game dictated by your stars. I don't know. That's the thing right. that worries me. I, I'm worried. Maybe I need Raptor fans. Hit me up. Let me know. Tell me I'm worrying a little too much. And and just know that this is not me overreacting to what happened to the Cavs game. This is a season-long narrative that I've been having. Because, again, I don't put stock into what happens against the Dallases of the league and whatever, right? Like, the Houston game was a big deal to me because that was a big win that showed me, okay, okay, DeMar, you, you can do that. You can step up in that moment when you look at Harden. But then we see Russ come in. Then we see LeBron come in, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. But that Rockets know. game was also a little bit like this Cavs game, where mm-hmm. they were all like they got out to a great start mm-hmm. and built up a, a huge lead. And then yeah. in that second half, allowed that team, allowed that next level player to do what they do and claw back in the game. Yeah. It's an interesting point, Webby. It's an interesting point. Interesting times in Raptor land, too. Ooh. But as you said, I know I just made it sound like it's doom and gloom, and I don't mean to, to, to rain on the parade of Raptors fans. But I know. The, <laughs> and, and listen, but, maybe, maybe the comparison to the Atlanta Hawks is a little rough. Hey, all I'm going to say, Webby, is I don't know. All I'm saying is you're going to be first overall in the East, and it's almost – it almost looks like you're going to end up playing against the Bucks, and yeah. that is a tough one versus eight matchup. That's all. I, listen, they they have that's one of the best players one, in the man. league, but I don't I, I don't know about that team. That's a tough one, Webby. I don't want no part of Giannis, and neither should anybody else come playoff time. That is. I don't want no part of Giannis, but I, even want, if you do, even if you go one through eight on the Raptors and the Bucks, it's it's pretty advantage Raptors there. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. Hey, I'm just saying, as you look forward to, I don't know, man, who's the best player in the series, Giannis or DeMar? Sure. Probably Giannis, but probably it's close. Giannis. Okay. So then the Raptors have Kyle and DeMar would be the next two best players, right? Yeah. And then, I don't know. Who? I don't even I'm, know who the Raptors, who's the Raptors like third, third best or fourth player? best player? Well, Is it JV or Fred? Or or is it Siakam? Yo, Siakam is a problem. Man. Yo, he, he's nice. nice. Yo, it's baby Draymond, man. Just he's, the way, yo, his like offensive moves and like just the way he defends is like he's like a well-behaved Draymond Green. Yes, he, he is nice. Like it's, I don't know, man. It, you make the comparison to Draymond Green, and if you remember back to the same situation that happened, the Warriors were playing. We're paying David Lee a lot of money. And then slowly they kind of had to switch gears because those the, those starting minutes had to go to Draymond instead of yeah. going to David Lee. We could be we could end up in the same type of situation here in Toronto, right? 
Ooh, a little Siakam for Serge in the starting lineup. Are you comparing hey. Serge Ibaka and David Lee? <laughs> I'm saying in their washed years, yes. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I'm definitely doing that. That's about it, in their washed years. Although, shout out to David Lee and, and uh, the newly married David Lee, right? What's oh, her name? Tennis player? Tennis oh. player? Uh, Who did he marry? McElroy's ex-girl, man. Wozniacki? Wozniacki, yes. Yes, Get yes, yes. the fuck out. No way. Yes. Hey, I was going to just say a story of seeing David Lee. <laughs> I was just going to tell a story about seeing David Lee, uh, who's he? Chandler Parsons, and someone else in Cabo <laughs> when I was at my friend's wedding a couple years ago. Nice. But you know what? I'm not going to tell that story. Well, all right. That'll be, that'll <laughs> be for, air, for later. Yeah, yeah, for later. <laughs> Off the air. Shout out to OVO Ryan, though, by the way. Wow. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, but the, I want to close this wrap it up segment, Webby, by uh, this tweet from Amin El Hassan, who works on ESPN. See, I tweeted, thought this was I thought this was your observation. And no, then I was like, that, oh, I was like, damn, that's that's really good, Shell. <laughs> Amin El Hassan says Fred Van Fleet looks like his name is Ron Baker and Ron Baker looks like his name is Fred Van Fleet <laughs> that's the main thing that is so good <laughs> that is so good maybe we'll put up a side by side on Twitter or something but that is amazing so it's so good. funny I mean we're watching March Madness now the NCAA tournament's going on Wichita State is out but it's so funny. I remember watching both of those guys for years on Wichita State. And it's amazing how, you know, they both made the NBA, but like one one is Ron Baker and the other is Fred Van Vliet, you know? It's amazing. It's amazing. They sound like two like TV characters from like that 70s show or something. <laughs> Fred Van Vliet sounds like a, yeah, or like a character from a novel. Or a character on Gossip Girl. Oh, okay, for you gossip. Or that. how about Deadwood, too? I could see Fred Van Fleeping <laughs> in Deadwood. Right? Oh, man. Anyways, interesting time in Raptor land. Hope you enjoyed our Wrap It Up segment. Raptors fans, didn't mean to get you mad, but hit us up. Let us know what you think, whether you agree or disagree, what you guys thought, because we really want to know what you guys think right now, what the feeling is, the mood surrounding Raptors fans right now. Did the Cleveland game scare you off? Or are you just okay? Brushing it aside, just another game. Let us know. Hit us up wherever you find this podcast. But moving on on the Ball on Blast podcast, our next segment is Turn Up, Turn Down, which is very easy. We make a hot take, and it's either Turn Up, which equals good, or Turn Down equals bad. Okay, Webby? We kind of touched on this earlier, but here's the first hot take. The East still goes through the Cavs. Webby, are you turning up or turning down? It really depends on who they pull in that first, second round. Because hold, on, I, hold on. Are you hedging right now because the Cavs could meet up with your Sixers? And so you don't want to say that to, well, to listen, jinx your Sixers? Is that what's going on right now? Listen, Sixers are, are not could be, are a problem. <laughs> they are a problem. They are the one team in the East nobody wants to face. But yeah, you, listen, it's the Ric Flair thing. You, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And the man is LeBron James. So, yes, the Eastern Conference playoffs run through Cleveland. You've got to beat LeBron James if you want to get to the championship. So, yes, I would say that the path runs through Cleveland. I'm going to actually agree with you, Webby, and the East still goes through LeBron James. And sometimes the game of basketball is that serious 
the series comes down to which team has the best player. And I think last night's game was a prime example that that best player, you put him with Jose Calderon as his starting point guard. And Jose Calderon looks like, I don't know, the second coming of Steve Nash for one night. George Hill looks just, like looks like uh, Jose Calderon from, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't even know if Jose Calderon from 10 years ago was that good. As well, it was good last point. Night, to be honest. <laughs> good point. But I, I've said it, and I'll stand by this. I need to see the Raptors actually beat LeBron four times in the playoffs for me to believe it. I still think the biggest, the biggest takeaway from last night's game, to me at least, is that it will be a series, right? Because here's here's a real here's some real talk, okay? The Raptors got swept last year by the Cavs, right? The year before right. it went to six games. But right. really, I don't think at any point during that six game series the Cavs were were really nervous. And I'll say this, and I've said it before on this podcast, I have it on pretty good authority that during that Eastern Conference Finals, the Cavs were, let's say, enjoying what Toronto has to offer <laughs> while they were here during the Eastern Conference Finals. Insider information, I like I'm it. I'm not saying that that's an excuse. I'm not saying that's why they, they lost those two games. I'm just saying, I'm just giving context, right? Okay. Following that, wouldn't that explain to you why they came and finished off business so seriously last year in the next to two not, games? To not let that Toronto flu affect them? Hey, that's all I'm going to say. I'll leave it at that. But here's the thing, right? If that's what happened the past two years, at least now I think we know that it'll be a series. LeBron James last night, when he makes that move and he drives to the basket and he's saying, oh, get that out of here. To me, that's telling me that in his mind, he was at least a little bit worried heading in. He was at least, the Raptors were on his mind. I'm not saying he thought the Raptors were going to beat him. I'm not saying that he's worried about the Raptors, but it was the first time I think this year will be the first time that they're at least considering the possibility of it being a series, right? So all I'm saying is, hey, the Raptors blew out the Cavs earlier this season and people are still relying on those morals, even though the Cavs, half the Cavs team is completely different than that team that was out partying in Toronto at Drake's restaurant for Dwayne Wade's birthday party. (laughs) Do we remember that or no? Yeah, I'm just saying that the East still goes through LeBron James because LeBron James is a complete animal. I don't know. I have no explanation for how this man could be doing what he's doing at this age, but we're watching it on a nightly basis. And until someone can stop LeBron James, I'm 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 betting on LeBron James to make the NBA finals again. Outside of the Raptors, who's got the best shot of taking down the Cavs? You are allowed to say the Sixers. No, because here's the thing, right? I think the Sixers, I don't know who guards LeBron. Like, who's slowing down LeBron? Who's stopping LeBron? Sim. And also, JoJo, JoJo will go to work. But if I'm the Cavs, I'm saying, okay, cool. JoJo, do what you do. But you're also going to have to guard Kevin Love at the five on the perimeter. And I know that he's not as bad at... He's not as bad on the perimeter as most centers, as most fives are. Right. That's still going to be a tough, tough thing for JoJo tough to ask. do to be running running around screens from three-point line to three-point line trying to chase down Kevin Love. I don't know. It'd, it'd be an interesting series. And, and to be honest, I don't know who's, who's going to beat LeBron in the Cavs. Because, again, once Larry Nance comes back, we saw how well Larry Nance fit in with LeBron. We haven't seen how Larry Nance is going to fit with Kevin Love. But I can imagine it'd be pretty good. Right? If if what's that dude's name? Zizich 
Yeah. I don't even know who that guy is. Yeah. But LeBron's hitting that guy with layups going towards the basket. Right? <laughs> I know. Like, I don't I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. And and at one point, I'm seeing dumb people on Twitter say things like, Well, LeBron played 45 minutes. He had a crazy, like historical game. It's not like he can do that every game. It's like have you been watching the playoffs yeah, for the like, past like yeah. how many years? Like, what are we talking about right now? Have right? you watched Even, this guy's career? <laughs> right, like he has been doing this in every playoff game, right, for the past how many years? Right, you you alluded to it earlier about how it resembled the uh, Warriors game, right, or the Warriors series when they won the finals, and it kind of just became this you know snowball effect. And LeBron probably put up the three best games of his life to win that NBA championship, right? Yeah. I don't know. Kyrie, maybe the Celtics would have had the best chance if Kyrie was healthy, but I don't think that's a thing. I don't think many are healthy on that Celtics team. I still think the East goes through the Cavs, man. I'm turning up on this. Hey, I'm a Ric Flair guy, so I got to turn up. To be the man, you got to beat the man. But are you a Ric Flair drip kind of guy? Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yes, sir. Moving on in our turn up, turn down segment. Next topic. The MVP debate is over. James Harden wins. Yeah, I'm turning up on this 100%. So this comes up, Webby. Some background here for for the listeners. Harden, in another, he had another moment, right? He went for 42-7-6 against the Red Hot Blazers, ending their 13-game winning streak, but did it in James Harden fashion, where he just crushing the soul and splashing back-to-back big-time threes to ice the game. And then on top of that, in the post-game interview, he says, barbecue chicken. (laughs) Cooking it up. Cooking Cooking it up. Webby, are you turning up on this? Is James Harden the MVP? Is it over? Yeah, it's over. It's been over. Dude, it was over like two, three weeks ago. Maybe even okay. more. This okay. guy is he's having an unbelievable statistical season. And it's not just what like I said a couple of weeks ago, what Harden is doing is he's bridging the gap between analytics and eye test. Okay? It's interesting. He's winning and he's putting up insane analytic numbers. He's bridging that gap. I'm going to say, Webby, as much as I want to agree with you, I think you're noticing a theme with me during this podcast. Come on. I know where you're going. Of course. I can't say it's over because what LeBron James is doing is just stupid. Since February 1st, LeBron James is averaging 29 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists on 56% shooting from the floor. Add in 41% shooting from three. Now, Numbers alone are dope, right? James Harden has dope numbers. But let's add in everything else that's been going on with the Cleveland Cavaliers this season, right? They lose their GM. They trade away Kyrie Irving. They bring in all these guys. That goes wrong. Everyone gets traded. IT almost blows up their whole team in the middle of the season by talking so much shit. They get traded, ship that out. He gets in a new team. And he has just been going beast mode the whole way through. So much so that we've almost forgotten that J.R. Smith has thrown soup at an assistant coach. That's <laughs> how much me. stuff has been going on with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Webby. Not and me. I didn't forget that. <laughs> right? But through it, on, Le- through it all, LeBron has been putting in gangster, gangster work. And I'm just going to ask a question. 
Is Harden getting these points? Is Harden's stats so nice just because of the D'Antoni boost? We've seen Steve Nash win back-to-back MVPs off of the D'Antoni boost that we know is a thing. I'm just asking the question. The D'Antoni boost is nice, okay? But here's the thing is that we've also touched on this a little bit as well, is that Harden has really refined his game this year and last year too. But he's a far more complete player. He's a leader. And he's a winner. And those are the eye test things, you know? He's made that leap as the the best player in the NBA. You know? He's the he's the most well, okay, most valuable player in the NBA. All right. And and listen, I love your your argument for LeBron. I think that what he's done, like you say, in the last couple of months, has vaulted him over guys like Giannis and A D to be second place in my book. But he had that. He had a bad stretch. He really did for about a month, two months before February, around New Year's, when he usually does go through a little bit of a lull. And it seems like every year the the Cavs go through a bit of a lull. Uh, he had that downturn, and I think that it may have cost him the MVP because you know who didn't have a downturn like that? James Harden, who's been <laughs> red hot all year. The guy's been. And Fwags all year. He hasn't slowed down. In fact, like, it seems like he's he keeps getting better week by week. It has been a thing to just marvel at this the season that James Harden is having. And it's it's almost like, you know, we've seen what Dan Tony did for the career of Jeremy Lynn. The fact that Jeremy Lynn was a thing, right? We yeah. obviously know that Steve Nash was at one level and then jumped up a whole other level under Mike D'Antoni. Now James Harden was great. And it's almost like that one down year that James Harden had because he was with Chloe. It's like the opposite <laughs> yeah. that he's having now with <laughs> he, Dan Tony. Dan Tony's like making him that much better. Yeah, did, he's like are the you anti to Kardashian. Yeah, Mike Dan Tony's the anti Kardashian. <laughs> so right, it, it's just been so crazy to watch what James Harden is doing, and it's and I'll be honest on, in something, right? Part of the thing that makes LeBron and what he's doing so amazing is the fact that it's year 15 and he's 33 years old and he's saying, I want to play every single game this season. And that just seems, it just seems so crazy and unfathomable to like watch what this guy's doing on a nightly basis. And then that dunk on Nurkic last week. Oh, oh, like that was just foul. That was insane. He had, what was the game? Um, he had another insane game that he was just making some incredible plays in. The game that they played before the Raptors, I forget who it was against. Oh, the Bucks. I think it was against the Bucks. And he was just it was another triple another triple double like masterpiece by LeBron. And then the, against the Lakers, do you see the the no look that no look pass, yeah, to our guy Zizic or whatever his name is. Yeah. I swear I'm pronouncing his name wrong. That is definitely not even that guy's name. Is it not Zizic? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, uh, well, it's the, but the, everyone the, knows who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the, big, that's the, uh, the big, big Eastern European guy. <laughs> right? But that's the thing. You're right about that Bucks game. LeBron was going so ham on Giannis. Did you hear Giannis's post game after? <laughs> no, I They didn't. asked Giannis about it, and Giannis was like, you know, man, I was just in the shower after, and I was thinking, I, what do I, what did I do wrong? I've never had somebody score 40 on me like that. <laughs> I don't know what to do, how to stop LeBron. I was like, yo, and that's Giannis. If there's anyone that looks like more of an alien than LeBron James, 
It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. And this guy's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> he's having like a shower and he's just like sad. <laughs> he yeah, so right. sad. One of those ones where you got to lean your head against the tile as the <laughs> water hits you in the head. Like, man, I got to re- rethink my life choices here. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. And LeBron is on pace. Like he, he'll be close to setting a new personal record for rebounds and assists in a season. Yeah. And he's 33 and he's played the sport for 15 years professionally. Like it, it is just insane. And you're right. Maybe all that stuff is like clouding my judgment and making and adding something to LeBron's MVP candidacy that really is unfair to James Harden. You right. know what I mean? So like maybe that is a thing, but either way, I'm I'm happy at least that LeBron has made this interesting and it's not just James Harden running away with it because that means that it's just it's just more guys to watch on a nightly basis because you know they're going ham every single night. Yeah, exactly. Uh someone who <laughs> I mean, as we move on and turn up turn down and uh someone who hasn't been going ham night after night <laughs> is Kawhi Leonard. Oh. Um the Spurs locked up their 21st straight winning season on Wednesday night, which is just a crazy, crazy stat. But they've done this without Kawhi Leonard. And it gets even more interesting because the news from Woj today was that the Spurs held a players-only meeting. And basically, they were it was all surfaced around asking Kawhi Leonard when he was going to come back. So the team was asking when he would make his return to the lineup and help the team make its push for the playoffs. Tony Parker quarterbacked the meeting with his teammates and Leonard after Saturday night's victory over Minnesota. Several teammates spoke up, expressing frustration and confusion over the growing divide with Leonard that has created significant tension between the franchise star and the Spurs. So again, this is all from Woj. He says Kawhi was quiet or sorry resolute in his response insisting that he had a good reason for sitting out all but nine games with the right quad injury this season league sources said leonard though has impressed his coaches and teammates in three-on-three and four-on-four workouts and there had been disbelief or sorry there had been belief his rehabilitation was cycling towards a return to the floor in the past week League source again also said Woj has a lot of league sources. I <laughs> yeah, wonder who does. the sources are, right? So the the turn up turn down topic here, Webby is Kawhi has played his last game in a Spurs uniform. Turn up or turn down? Okay, I'll turn up on this. Ooh, okay. I'll turn up on this because of this. This is the San Antonio Spurs, and this is a team that prides itself on unity and not on individualism. Now, we all know the story that LaMarcus Aldridge was upset with his role. Uh, They handled it in-house, and now LaMarcus is having, well, he at least had a great first half of the year. And he's still been playing really well. But to take this dirty laundry and to almost air it out in the sports pages of your local newspaper for me to really date myself is not (laughs) something that I think that Popovich and the Spurs are interested in in rewarding. Ah. So what I think may happen is, especially if he doesn't come back, and I know that Ginobili said that he wasn't going to come back this season. Yeah, I got the Ginobili quote here. I'll read it for you, Webby. He said that, that. uh, so Manu told reporters 
that the team needed to proceed as though Leonard would not be returning to play with them. Quote, he is not coming back, Ginobili said. For me, he's not coming back because it's not helping to think Leonard's returning. We fell for it a week ago again. I guess you guys made us fall for it, but we have to think that he's not coming back, that we are who we are, and that we got a fight without him. That shouldn't be changing, at least until he's ready for the jump ball. That sounds like shots fired for Manny Ginobili. So here's my thing. If you're the Spurs, and especially if Kawhi doesn't make it back this season or this postseason, you can trade Kawhi Leonard and get a huge haul for him with one year left on his deal. Very true. Very true. And then you can start doing Spurs things, right? Like maybe adding a couple of picks in this deep draft that's happening this year, maybe getting some pieces as well that you might like to kind of rebuild this Spurs outfit the way that Pop wants it set up. So, yeah, I'll turn up. I'll say that Kawhi, especially if he doesn't come back here at the end of the year or in the postseason, is never going to play for the Spurs again. You're so right about everything that you just said is so right. And and just to like reemphasize that, like this is the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. We don't really hear much ever from Manu Ginobili. Stories like this never happen with the Spurs. Like Manu Ginobili is never controversial in the media. Tony Parker confronting a teammate in a meeting like this and it getting out is not something that we've ever heard. Tony Parker seems like the most mild mannered superstar the NBA has ever seen. Right. Like and the fact that, you know, it was maybe what? Three weeks ago that Popovich was first said that Kawhi's not coming back this season. Like for Pop to just come out and just say that fully knowing what the response would be, that tells me like something really, really, really messed up is going on in San Antonio. And you might be right, man. There should be a bunch of other teams in the NBA right now. I know most of them that aren't heading for the playoffs are so focused on tanking, but there should be a, a lot of teams right now that are trying to figure out what can we package with our first pick to try to get Kawhi Leonard, because he's got to be available, you would think, no? Oh, absolutely. Where would Kawhi look good? That's an interesting question, you know, like the Knicks maybe? I don't know. That's interesting, Uh, no? Here's what I'll tell you. Philadelphia 76ers will have two first-round picks. Hold on, Webby. You do know that the Sixers cannot get everybody, right? Well, if you can't get LeBron, wouldn't Kawhi be a good, uh, I mean, a good second option if LeBron's not going to come to Philly? You are so right. People who don't end up getting LeBron James, if you were able to get Kawhi Leonard as a backup plan, yeah, I think there are worse backup plans that you could have. I think Kawhi looked pretty ill in those Sixers jerseys. Uh, Either way, we both agree that Kawhi Leonard, like this is, I don't know how. Kawhi Leonard, like obviously if you have this meeting with your teammates where they're openly questioning why you're not back yet, and then you still don't come back after that meeting happens, I don't know how you're able to suit up and and look these guys in the eye and and go in the trenches and, you know, gear up for a seven-game series against OKC or whoever, you know, and just automatically flick the switch. Right. I don't know, man. I don't know. And again, something fishy is going on because as we've said time and time again, Webby, I always trust Pop. So if Pop is like, you know what? We're done with this. 21 straight winning seasons isn't an accident, you know? Oh, so true, Webby. So, so true. Uh, So moving on from our turn up, turn down segment, we head to our next segment, which is the feed me segment, which is basically the best things that we've seen 
to come across our social media feeds in the NBA in the past week. Okay, Webby? Now, the first thing I have here, okay, is this headline that says, Glenn Big Baby Davis arrested with a quarter pound of weed and $92,000 in cash. Okay? <laughs> Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. So, just going to read a little bit of this story because, you know, when this pops across your Twitter timeline, I was very quick to click on this. I had to read the story. Davis was staying in a hotel in Aberdeen, Maryland on February 7th when a hotel owner picked up the oh-so-familiar scent of weed coming from Davis's room. He knocked on the door. According to a police report, Davis told the owner to, quote, fuck off <laughs> and refused to answer the door, prompting the owner to phone the police. In the police report, quote, the statement of probable cause, the responding officer wrote that when they arrived, the hotel owner gave the police permission to enter the room Davis was staying in. WMAR reported that police said Davis also provided written consent to search his room. The never, discovered, never do that. Right? Come on. Like, have you never seen any of the movies, Big Baby? Like, come on, man. You can't just let them in like that. Anyways... Uh, the police discovered a quarter pound of weed, about $92,000 cash, and a ledger that cops believe lists names and amounts of money owed by those people for said weed. Through his lawyer, Davis maintained his innocence when contacted by WMAR. Now, Webby. did you see the postscript on this with Big Baby in the plane? Oh, I did, Webby. I'm, I'm pulling up the video right now. <laughs> First of all, before I get okay. to the first of all, Big Baby should know better. And I'm, okay. I, and not, not just about the weed or having the book of names and numbers, but of letting the cops into your hotel room without a warrant. <laughs> right? Especially if you know that you have that in your room. Like, Come you can't on, let the cops in. You can't sign paperwork to let the cops in. But, hey, maybe we got something, we got something wrong because here's what Big Baby Davis had to say. In a video of himself, he recorded a video of himself on a private jet. <laughs> private jet, yeah. With a briefcase filled with money while he's eating Popeye's chicken. I was just about to say something very vulgar and I stopped myself. <laughs> but I'm just going to say, I'm going to play this clip and I'm going to say, as brothers, we got to do better than this, big baby. Come on, man. <laughs> Here's a clip. I'll play it. That's your boy, Big Bag, man. Don't believe I'll answer on the internet. I will have my day in court. They just mad because a black man get, got money, man. Just trying to keep a black man down, man. Hey, man, shout out Rollo, man. All those people, man, getting money, man. Must be legal, man. A lot of jump shots. A whole lot of jump shots. Popeye chicken. A few things here, Webby. Well, a few things here. Oh, no. First, before you get into it, don't need to tell us that it's Popeye's chicken, man. You're filming Did the video. We see it. <laughs> we see it. We know really it's not churches. To... We know it's not Bojangles. <laughs> okay? Listen, man. I'll say this, okay, big baby? Here, here's, here's the first thing. Again, I'll repeat this. As brothers, we got to do better, okay? I like Popeye's chicken, okay? I'm not knocking you for liking Popeye's chicken. But did you really need to be eating the Popeye's <laughs> chicken while telling us that they're just mad at a black man trying to get money? Like, what? <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, really? Did you really have to do that? Because, hey, 
first off, I'm not mad at you about the weed. It's a quarter pound of weed. I don't smoke weed like that, but it's a quarter pound of weed. He could probably just be smoking that. No? Hey. Hey. Secondly, secondly a former NBA player that made millions of dollars, for him to have $92,000 in cash, I, I mean, I'm not judging what that money, what he's doing with that money or where that money's going. Who knows what he could be doing? I, I have no idea. So it's not that shocking that a... As long a as former, you're not taking it out of the country, nothing illegal to have $92,000 on you, I'll tell you that. Right? So, so again, you're not doing anything wrong. My whole beef with this whole thing, big baby, is A, why'd you let the cops in? B, why are you filming yourself eating Popeyes on a private jet telling us that you, they have nothing to worry about? They're just mad at black people making money. Then he shouts out someone named Rolo. I think that's what he said. A lot but of jump shots. A lot of jump shots. And they zoom in on his Celtics championship ring. If I'm like KG and them, I'm like, yo, why are you bringing us into this? <laughs> right? Why you got to put the championship ring in the video too? Just eat your Popeyes in peace. But I guess, does he take, was he wearing the championship ring? Did he have to take off the championship ring to eat the Popeye's chicken? Ooh, that's, that's a, <laughs> greasy. The, my other thing is, like, listen, he's obviously in the air, been in the air for a little while. Yeah. I don't know many uh, airports that have Popeye's chicken in them. Uh, <laughs> I know that the Charlotte airport does have a Bojangles, which I have frequented on occasion. <laughs> uh, but... Listen, that Popeye's chicken is not is not piping fresh. <laughs> That's a solid point. That's a solid. I didn't even think of that. And you can't have cold Popeyes. That's not a thing. Uh, yeah, you can. Sure, you can. Especially you after can, you, especially after you, you smoked a quarter pound of weed. <laughs> Big baby. Oh man, the the NBA is just amazing. Big baby Davis. I, I know. It's great. Like what I really want, I want. You know, Kevin Garnett does Area Twenty One. Yes. I want him to do an Area 21 segment on this Big Baby situation and hear his real thoughts of Big Baby. Like, have the, remember they gathered all the Celtics together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody except Ray uh, Allen. Yes. They should have another one of those when they ask Big Baby, yo, man, what were you doing? For real, what were you doing? That's what I want to happen. <laughs> I'm in. That, it's the only good part of uh, players only is uh, when you get the good uh, when you get the good guests on Area 21. Shout out to KG. Anything is possible, right? Shout out to that hood and somehow staying on top of that guy's head. <laughs> yes, that is like, true. Looking like Adebisi. Uh Speaking of fashion, though, Webby, that takes us to our next. Uh, feed me segment here, or feed me topic, sorry. And uh, the one thing that was big that came across my timeline, you heard me earlier uh, get a little excited when Austin Matthews, a truth, scored. And uh, we talked about the Raptors game earlier against Oklahoma City Thunder. But what you might not know is that Austin Matthews' favorite athlete is one Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. I did see this. And Austin, so, you're right about the fashion, though. You know that Austin dressed up to look cool as shit to hang out with Russ, right? Right. So the picture ended up, so we ended up seeing the video. Video was all, all over the internet of Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley. They waited outside the OKC locker room after the Raptors game. They had courtside seats. I mean, hey, it's Austin Matthews. He should have courtside seats whenever he wants, right? Rondo P. Um, so they had courtside seats to the game, and then he met up, and they got to say what's up to Russell Westbrook after the game, who was in a very Russell Westbrook-esque type, I don't even know what you call that, parka, rain jacket, I don't even know what you call it, but 
Get your Googles up and find that, kids, because that was just great. And we bring that up just to be like, hey, this is new age. All this talk in the NHL about hockey culture and this, that, and the third, it's not always just black and white because you hear a guy like Austin Matthews talk about how much he likes Russell Westbrook and the NBA because they get to show off a little bit of style, a little bit of individuality, you know, show off some of their personality, right? I think hockey could use some of that, no? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, what's funny, too, that you bring that up. I was just listening to, and I hate to pub another podcast that isn't Ball on Blast, but I was listening to Bill Simmons today, and he had the Bennett brothers on. Uh, uh, Mar- yeah, I got to check that out. Martellus and Michael. It was, it was great because those two guys are uh, are so, so smart, and Martellus is – I think Martellus Bennett is going to be a star, like when he's done playing football. Um, But anyway, they were talking about that with the NFL and compared to the NBA about how the NFL is way more about not just the shield of the league, but of the teams, Whereas whereas the NBA is far more superstar driven, right? Like that's nothing that you haven't heard before. But mm-hmm. it's funny now that you compare it to hockey because hockey is definitely uh, a player driven league. But yeah. unlike the NBA, you never get any of these guys' personalities. I mean, hardly ever, right? Only in really, really special cases like a guy like Luongo, who is... And it's only really cap. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, there's there's only one station and one guy who brings that or even goes to search out those personalities. Yeah. No, it's totally true. And it, it was totally cool for us because I know that uh, you are you are with me with the, the love of Austin Matthews and Russell Westbrook. Oh, so yeah. Them, two, of my, like, two of my favorite athletes. Exactly, right? Two of my favorite athletes as well. So when I saw that, I was like, this is definitely something I got to bring up on on the podcast. And I don't know if someone had asked Austin Matthews yet about meeting Russell Westbrook and what that was about, but I would hope someone did do that. And if not, they should get on it. But yeah, anyways, that's right. Uh, but the other thing too was like, you notice that like uh, – our boy uh, Morgie was Morgan Riley. Yeah. He was dapped up. He had the glasses on, the nice, cool look. But yeah. Austin had the uh, almost the signature Russell Westbrook '80s band that you know that he doesn't listen to. Yes. T-shirt. <laughs> he had the I think it was ACDC. It's like mm, I, I don't know how many album, uh, ACDC albums that Austin Matthews can name off the top of his head. But you know I, but I appreciate be, the style. Hey, I'm not going to doubt the capabilities of one young Austin Matthews. Never, never doubt. <laughs> never, but that was my favorite thing with Russ. Like Russ, one time came in in a misfit shirt. And it's like, oh, that's, you're like, there's no way. But if there's anybody <laughs> in the NBA who might listen to the Misfits, yeah, it, it could be Russell Westbrook. Two of my favorite athletes by far right now in the year 2018 colliding. And I love everything about it. So good. So good. Also so good, though, Webby. I'm bringing this up just for you. Uh uh, we talked about Molly Sullivan. That's her name, right? We oh, you're going to talk about the, the – Well, she was on the podcast. Well, yeah, she was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We played right. that clip when she had the interview with Alan Iverson, right? And so now this is Molly making another edition of the Ball on Blast podcast, but this time not so much for what she was doing as opposed – well, you know what? Actually, I will give her credit. I will give her credit because she, she, she played she it straight. She held her own. Played she played it straight. It straight. 
She's doing her stand up, and everyone's just like dancing or like dabbing or doing something behind her. And Even your Sixers Fultz are having involved. fun. Even Fultz getting involved. Good times for the Sixers right now, Webby. What's going on with your Sixers? Yo, listen, are you kidding me? Well, first of all, uh, last night they played the tanking uh, Grizzlies and were utterly dominant. And tonight they're playing the tanking Magic and looking just as good. But I'll wow. tell you what, I'll tell you my feed me segment right now. You know what I've been you know what I've been watching the last week and a bit since we last talked? Markel Fultz jump shots. Oh jeez, here and, we go again. And they okay. listen, they're not listen, they're not a thing of beauty like a JJ Reddick knockdown three, okay? Mm-hmm. But they are looking better and better by the day. And I'm talking not just foul shot, not just free throws, but three-pointers, little hezzy jimbos as well. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised, would not be surprised if the playoffs started and Markel Fultz is playing. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, another edition of Sixers Corner. Uh, but you you mentioned the Grizzlies, and you guys beat the Grizzlies, the tanking Grizzlies. Who currently, uh, or I think tonight, gave up. Uh, lost by 61 points, which is the fifth most in NBA history. <laughs> Final score, Hornets 140, Grizzlies 79. Go wow. home, Grizzlies, you're drunk. <laughs> right. Um, so, Webby, Ask on Blast here, right? We wrap things up, as always, with Ask on Blast. And I just want to know, after your sister Jean and Loyola Chicago Ooh. call... Do you happen to have the lottery numbers for this week? Ah. Whoa. Just checking. That's my first question. Okay, so 21. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of all the Sixers starting uh, Sixers starting five uh, numbers. Get out of here. More Sixers talk. <laughs> get out of here. Always comes back to the Sixers, eh? Well, I'm going to go from Philly to another big-time American city and ask you a little something else in our Ask on Blast segment, Webby. How are you keeping up with the show Atlanta? Ooh, well, I'm watching it every week. It's so good, it's isn't so it? So good, dude. This last one uh, with man, I know what Earn was going through with uh, with. Uh, you're either stunting on somebody or you're getting stunted on. <laughs> it's so good. We've all had days like that. We've all yeah. have weeks like that. But yeah. hey, you know what my favorite part about that episode was. Michael Vick, for sure. Michael Vick, foot race outside the strip club, man. Who's the best? Uh, oh, my God. That was so good. Because when they first said, is that Michael Vick? I thought it was going to be one of those uh, yeah, r- when they r- had the Bieber scenario. Exactly. I thought the same thing. I thought that's, the same I thought thing. I thought it was going to happen. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's actually Michael Vick. That's amazing. <laughs> is, that the, is that the greatest cameo in a show of all time? I mean – Here's the thing. It's it's one thing to have the cameo. It's another thing to have Michael Vick play into the joke that <laughs> Michael Vick would be racing people outside a strip club outside in Atlanta. Outside Onyx, a strip <laughs> club we're both familiar with from being rap fans. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Like, it's so amazing. That show is just on another level because it's so smart and yet so funny at the exact same time. Like, was it? Sorry, that was that wasn't this week's episode. It was last week's episode when uh, he gets some money and he's trying to use the gift cards, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and the guy's like, just, they, "They don't chase here. They, they don't have a chase. No chase policy. No yes, chase policy." <laughs> oh my god! If you if you're not watching Atlanta, you definitely need to watch that show. I can't stress that enough. 
in our Ask On Blast segment every week, we try to recommend maybe some music, maybe some TV shows. We try to recommend you something in your free time away from the NBA, something that you need to check out, right? It's got to be Atlanta. It's got to be Atlanta. And just a heads up. What's my, guy's name? What's my guy's name? The guy, the, the new roommate? Oh, Tracy, I think. Oh, Tracy. God, he's so good when they're going to the strip club. And Derek's just like, I'm going to wear my all-white suit. And then he's like, Tracy, you ready to go? He's like, ready. And he's lying down. <laughs> For some reason, I was like, I know like I know people just like that. Oh, for sure, right? And that's the thing about the show. Again, it's so well written. It's so good. It's all the little nuances, right? And like as you said, the whole episode was about either you're stunting on someone or getting stunting on, stunting on. And at the end, when uh, when Paperboy's trying to t- explain it to him, he's like, "Look at Tracy over here. He takes control of the situation. He told this girl he's been my manager. And look <laughs> <Yeah>. at him. <laughs> the girl's just dancing for him the whole night. I'm like, it, it's so good, man. It's such great television. It, it is. It doesn't stop, man. And the the best part is too, man, is just I, I. There's nothing more I love than when paper just paper boys look when yes. he's like not happy. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's, so it, like just that one look on his face like says so much about his character and shit. It's awesome. I love so far, too, how the central theme of Robin season has played a played a role in each episode. Like, it, yeah. it's in completely different ways, too. Right. Like it started off with the obvious, like, OK, just straight robbery. But just every single way when you go back to, you know, the subtleties of no, we only take your cash, right? But then you're only taking certain people's cash and then other people's cards or, you know. The, the drug dealer, the drug dealer ripping off Paperboy was odd. That was so great. Yeah. Oh. Great show. Uh, watch Atlanta and also a heads up because Billion season three is starting oh, this I'm, Sunday. I'm not in on bro. I, what? I went oh. through two seasons of Billions and I don't think Billions is a good show. Hold on. The second last episode of season two of Billions, it's basically like a mini Ocean's 12 movie or Ocean's 11 movie. Oh, it was so good. I mean, no? I'm still I'm going to watch it because it's on, but I'm not like, oh, oh like, man. That hurts my feelings. We're going to need the people to decide this one. Is Billions a good show? Let us know. All right. Let all us right. Know. Is it back this week? I'm pretty sure it's back this Sunday. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll watch it more. I'll report back on Thursday. All right. We will discuss that. And in the meantime, too, people, let us know what you think about Billions, about Atlanta, about the Raptors, the Cavs, whatever you want. Let us know. Hit us up. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Webby, where can they find you? Yo, at a Webster 84, just tweeting about Sister Jean. <laughs> and, and and if you need any other great uh, uh, prognostications, just hit me up. <laughs> yes, shout out to Sister Jean. And hopefully, shout out to you for listening to this edition of the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. Ball on Blast.